This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and 920-1260 and 1420-AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On today. So here's a topic that seems to be following me around. This topic of using your voice and stepping into your power. Our guest today, Andrea Owen, will talk about speaking your mind and owning your own strength. Her new book is called Make Some Noise. So of course, that reminded me of the Cinderella movie I just watched. Have you seen Camila Cabello's Cinderella? It's sweet. It is. I love the message. But at the end of it, there's a great big dance number. And it's uh, Camila Cabello and most of the cast. And they're dancing to J-Lo's Let's Get Loud. And uh, it's just so much fun because that song is really a woman's empowerment song. Even more than that, it's, a, it's an empowerment song, I believe, she wrote for all Latino people to get loud and own their power. And I loved how J-Lo worked that into uh, Biden's inauguration where she was singing America the Beautiful. And she somehow expertly weaved in Let's Get Loud, a call out uh, to people to own their power, own their power. So make some noise, let's get loud. I guess I guess if you do either of those things, make some noise or get loud mindfully, there is so much power in that. So for those of you who remember the music of the 70s and 80s, I want you to picture Carly Simon. Can you picture Carly Simon? What is she wearing? Is she wearing something blousey and casual, yet beautiful? Maybe jeans and boots? Uh, maybe a blouse with like a beautiful ruffly collar or something? So back in the 80s, I'm really bad at dressing up. It just gives me so much anxiety. And back in the 80s, I often found myself in places underdressed because that was when I spent more time out in the world. And when I found myself out and underdressed, I would make believe I was Carly Simon. <laughs> I would not sing or play guitar or anything, but I would just say, you know, Carly Simon has no problem moving around in the world in jeans and boots, right? So I would just put on this Carly Simon air to make myself feel comfortable in places where I was underdressed. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week, claiming a persona or inventing a persona that helps you be more of who you are. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. If you were to think about how other people think of you, you know, think of the people who love you. Think of the people who are like crazy for your pasta fajol or whatever. And, and feel what it feels like to be that person. We're stepping out on the road to being more of who we are and being truly empowered. Women's empowerment used to be, mm, I guess, a thought a phrase, but you just look back on the last handful of years. So much has changed. And we could look around just to last week and see how much still needs to be done. So take a great big deep breath and feel what it would feel like to be your most powerful 
as we talk to Andrea Owen about why she wrote Make Some Noise. Well, I have written two previous books, and they were both about women's empowerment. And I went to write my third and decided, you know what? I can't talk about women's empowerment anymore without talking about what I feel is the elephant in the room, and that is the culture that raised us. Because what I've been noticing over the last decade plus is that a lot of the challenges that women come to me with, that the source of the problem is often you know, how they were raised, the culture, I should say. Absolutely. And the times are changing right before our eyes. How we were raised no longer matches the lives that we're living today. Talk to us about the Paycheck Fairness Act. Well, we're talking about the Paycheck Fairness Act. We're talking about money, and money is an emotional topic for many, whether we we know it or not. And we can dig into our stories that we make up about money, so beliefs that it's hard to make, that it's rude to talk about it, it's too complicated to ask for a raise, or maybe I'll just let my partner handle it. When we can unpack those and get curious about it, then we can start to sort of dismantle unhealthy beliefs that we have about money and be on our way to making more of it and closing that gap. And also think about many of our parents or grandparents, our moms and our grandmoms, they were really, I don't want to say okay with making less than men, but it was really just part of the culture, right? Right. It just was how it was, and, and no one really questioned it. It was a, it was very few who were even questioning it, and maybe it was you know quiet discussions among women. And yeah, I was born in the decade where in the 1970s, where for a long time it was still you couldn't get a credit card as a woman without having your husband or your father give you permission, even if you were even if you were a single woman who worked full time, it was still a thing. So yes, we've come a long way, but we have a long way to go. Right. So what what advice can you give to women who should maybe ask their boss for a raise? If you're hesitating and are very nervous about it, I would not advise someone to just jump in and and take action and go for it. I think that's helpful only so far. What needs to happen first is that that you need to unpack what is actually going on in a deeper level. So I, I ask women to answer the question, what is my conditioning versus what is my truth? So for instance, if you're hesitating to ask for a raise, what do you make up about women who do ask for a raise? Are you intimidated by them? Uh, do you judge them? Do you think they're greedy or opportunistic? And there's nothing wrong with these these judgments and these beliefs that you have. It's not about blaming and shaming yourself for it. It's just about getting curious so that you can change your beliefs and then hopefully take the action you need to do. Yeah. Do you see that, you know, from your experience, have you seen that the younger generation has less of a problem with this? A little bit. You know, it's interesting. I had a woman on my podcast and who had done research on this, and she's written books about, you know, negotiation and how women can negotiate. And I asked her that same question, and she said yes and no, that there is still this hesitation and, um, you know, this women having a hard time asking for a raise and negotiating, but they just got the memo earlier than women of the older generation. So it's still a problem. They're just learning how to fix it at an earlier age than we did. Right. All right. And younger people are saying, memo, what's a memo? Uh, right. <laughs> right? <laughs> what's point. a memo? Uh, but everybody, everybody, everybody knows Greece and Cha-Cha Di Gregorio. And why is she somebody we should look up to? 
it's so funny. I was watching the movie Grease with a colleague of mine, and she turns to me and she said, who's your favorite Grease character? And I immediately said, Chacha de, Gregor- de Gregorio. And she said, really? Why? And, and I said, even as a young child, I was so fascinated by this woman, this character who has very few lines and very few scenes. And people probably remember the scene where she she's introduced to new people and, and, and Frenchie. She says, they call me Chacha because I'm the best dancer at St. Bernadette's. And then Frenchie replies with, with the worst reputation. It's this famous line. And, and even as a child, I thought, I want whatever that woman is having. The way that she introduces herself to people and announces that she's the best dancer at her school. She steals someone's date at the at the dance so she can win the dance contest and then snatches the trophy out of the teacher's hand and waves it around. And of course, she's just a character and I don't advise women to steal other people's dates and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and things like that. But if we can just look at it from a place of symbolism and have even a quarter of the conversation the self-confidence and self-assuredness that Cha-Cha has, I think the world would change. Yeah, she owned her power in a lot of ways, too. She was saying, look at me, look at me. You know, 100%. while, while mm-hmm. other people were hiding behind things, she was saying, look at me. Now, uh, last week on the show, we were talking to a woman about a very similar topic about really, you know, finding our voices and stepping into our power. And we talked a little bit about how Beyonce had an alter ego, Sasha Fierce, that she used to command, you know, the limelight. Now, what is this alter ego, Veronica Vane and Queen V? Tell me all about this. So I've been retired from roller derby, the sport of roller derby, for almost 10 years now. And if people aren't familiar with the sport, it's uh, many times skaters have what's called a derby name. And it is sort of your alter ego because derby is, is not a quiet sport. It's a full contact sport. And, and, you know, we need to sort of tap into this more aggressive side. For me, Veronica Vane is someone who only cares about two things, kicking butt out on the track and looking great while doing it. And it was a way for me to step into my power. And, and, and even if you don't play roller derby, I encourage women to create an alter ego. And it's not that you're being inauthentic by adopting this. It's that you're taking your own strengths and inherent personality and multiplying it by 10. So maybe your alter ego is someone like Chacha de Gregorio or like Sasha Fierce or like Veronica Vane. It's a, it's a, it can be a fun exercise and something that you use when you find yourself hesitating to speak up or when you find yourself uh, being afraid to go out and do something that means something to you. Yeah, I think this is a brilliant idea and I really encourage everybody to do it. Step into that alter ego because what you might find is a little more of yourself, a little more of yourself that maybe you're covering up because you don't want to outshine people. Andrea Owen, talk to us about outshining others. Well, you know, as women, we're taught that we should always put others before us and make everyone comfortable, even at the expense of our own comfort, comfort and never brag and never outshine someone else because we might make them feel bad about themselves. And this is social conditioning that we've all received to varying degrees. 
And I want to remind people that success and fulfillment isn't a zero-sum game. And our list of accomplishments and stepping into our power doesn't mean that others can't. And again, we need to, uh, to learn to unpack those old beliefs and learn to sit in the discomfort of it so we can shine our brightest. And for some people, this looks like going to therapy. You know, maybe their family of origin was the conditioning that they got that said, you know, don't, you know, maybe you were smarter than one of your siblings and they downplayed your accomplishments as to not make your sibling feel uncomfortable. We're talking to Andrea Owen. Her book is Make Some Noise. And here is the moment I've been waiting for. Andrea, please give us tips to get what we want out of any relationship. It's all about learning to have a hard conversation. And listen, I don't like doing it either. It's so uncomfortable. And I've been married for, this is my second marriage. And I learned from my first marriage (laughs) that if you don't know how to communicate, if you don't have that emotional maturity, then it is going to be very difficult to have a healthy relationship. So there are so many great books out there. I love John Gottman's work. I know I'm I'm on here talking about my own book, but John Gottman is really the godfather of, of relationship communication. And it all comes down to listening to each other and sometimes compromise and learning how to speak from a place of kindness and grace when we have these conversations to get what we want in our relationships. Yeah. Did you say emotional immaturity? Is that a phrase? Is that the phrase you use? Yes. I was very emotionally immature, you know, even in my 20s and, and starting into my 30s. And, and if you grew up in a family where, you know, emotional intelligence wasn't something that was taught, and it's really not taught by many. This is not to blame and shame any parents out there. You know, my parents did the absolute best that they could, and and now my mom's almost 80, and we have fantastic conversations about, you know, what she wishes she would have done different with me and my siblings, and what I'm doing differently with my children, and and it's, it's really a skill that we have to learn and, and really, it starts with just learning how to sit in the discomfort of our emotions and other people's emotions as well. Yeah, this is all about growth. And, and you can be emotionally immature your entire life. Some people go to the grave never, never having the hard conversation and just sort of squeaking by like, oh, I don't want to feel bad. So this whole book, Make Some Noise, mm-hmm. is really all about... Stepping into your power, you know, being more, being more. And let's talk about the first step, I would think, of stepping into your power is making yourself a priority, right? It is. And it's also, I'm going to take a step backwards from that. Mm -hmm. And I invite women especially to define their definition and their relationship to power in the first place. That's a conversation I think we need to have more of because some women have an averse reaction when they think about power. And so there's, you know, there's this great definition out there that's talked about uh, around what is power over versus power within. And I invite people to Google that if it sounds interesting to you. And there's, there's different methodologies of leadership that resonate, you know, with some and don't with others. And so that's where I invite people to start before you, you go out there to make yourself a priority, really define what your relationship to power is. And then that might answer some questions as to why you're not making yourself a priority. Okay. So can you briefly explain to me the difference between power over and power within? So power over looks more like 
I'm going to speak very generally here, looks more like a dictatorship. So someone who makes all the rules and is extremely demanding and is sometimes even contemptuous. So power within would look like, you know, having conversations and hearing everyone who's like, if you're talking about it, like within a family. So I have a husband and two children. So power within would look like, uh, you know, talking to my kids about their, you know, their device, how, how long they're on the devices and how, what their curfew is. They're, they're too young to stay out late, but <laughs> in the future and, and sharing the power and um, sort of defining leadership as more of a, a democracy than a dictatorship. If anyone is in a position of power of power or wants to be, that is definitely a conversation and a dive worth taking power over and power within. Very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, women's empowerment, an act of rebellion. You said you have two children. Yes, I have a daughter and a son. Okay, what are you going to teach your daughter about women's empowerment? Well, I actually dedicated this whole book to her, um, and she's she's almost 12, so she's a little young to read it, and I, first and foremost, one of the things that I have taught both of my children, actually, is, and this is not something that I was explicitly taught, is I teach them that their feelings are never wrong. They're never, ever wrong. They might be angry and furious with me, and that's okay, but they are responsible for their behavior from said feelings. And I I think that in terms of women's empowerment, that can be extraordinarily helpful because we are stereotypically told that we are too emotional, that we are too sensitive, that, uh, you know, we need to calm down, et cetera, et cetera. So I hope that my daughter understands that all of her emotions are welcome and all of them are, they're never, ever wrong. And at the same time, she's responsible for her behavior. Wow. Beautiful. And you know, I realize I'm making a mistake by saying, what are you teaching your daughter about women's empowerment? Because you should, of course, be teaching your son the same thing, right? Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, I just the other day I was I was telling my son that like we're having a political conversation. He, he's he's a little bit of an anomaly. He loves listening to NPR and has since he was seven years old. And I told him, I, I want you to form your own opinions when it comes to politics, etc. I always want you to hear both sides and not just, you know, internalize what I teach you and believe what me and your dad believe. And I, but I said, the only thing I'm attached to is you being a feminist. Like, I, <laughs> I do. It's going to break my heart if you're anti feminist. That's the, that's the thing that's going to break my heart. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And that tells you how far we have come. Make some noise. Andrea Owen, our guest, speaker, life coach, author, Hellraiser. And it sounds like a pretty great mom. Tell us about your podcast and where we can find out more. So the podcast is called Make Some Noise. Super easy to remember. It's the same title of the book. And uh, everything is at AndreaOwen.com. AndreaOwen.com. Make Some Noise. That's the book. I love the idea of power over and power within. And I think when it comes to healthy relationships and healthy organizations, power within is the practice to work towards rather than power over, sharing the power. And Andrea also mentioned John Gottman. John Gottman, a psychological researcher. He's written a bunch of books. One is Never Good Enough. Another, Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. John Gottman, the author that Andrea referred to. 
So this is our exercise for the week. Put it on a sticky note somewhere. Step into a more powerful version of you. Create a persona and just play with it. Maybe visualize positive outcomes in places where you can exercise your power or feel your power or breathe into your power. I think power is like our brains. We only use a tenth of what we could. And I think too, sometimes with women, we don't want to be powerful because we don't want to be disliked. Yikes. That's like the worst thing in the world, right? If somebody dislikes you. Oh my gosh. Horrible. I'm being facetious, of course. I guess respect is what you'd want in response to your power. I'm guessing. I think this topic is following me around for a reason. I'm not so sure. But we're going to have plenty of reasons and plenty of time to sit around and talk about all of this because we've got some dates to put on the calendar. And the first date is Monday, September 13th. I am going to be filling in for my dear friend Beryl Hay on the healing circle that Dale puts on the second Monday of every month. That's going to start up again this Monday, September 13th. It's a healing circle. So you can zoom on in and you can find out more at mariandale.org. So that's the second, that's the second Monday of the month. Let me get the exact time for you. It's 1030 in the morning. Yes, Mondays, 1030, the second Monday starting September 13th. And you can get the zoom link at mariandale.org. And also I'll post it up at casey.co. Uh, September 13th, 10.30 a.m. Now, this Sunday, the market on the river, 11.11 under the big tree, we are making a plan for self-care and fitness. So uh, I'll be leading that with a guest. So Sunday, 11.11, that would be the 12th under the big tree. We're going to talk about self-care and fitness. And then we're going to resume our Sunday Zooms in November, but they're going to be second Sunday Zooms. So we're going to have second Monday Zooms and second Sunday Zooms. The second Monday Zoom is going to be a healing circle. And the second Sunday Zooms, they're going to feature different guests every second Sunday. And do 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 we have a retreat scheduled for Mariondale Retreat Center, February 25th, 26th, 27th. I'm not sure if you can sign up yet, but you will be able to sign up soon. First, save the date. And we might as well do to do again. I realize I'm not doing this in chronological order, but we'll also have the New Year weekend retreat as well. We did that last year and it was oh so much fun. So I believe it will be December 31st, Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday, the 1st and 2nd. We'll schedule it so it won't get in the way of your festivities. We'll make the festivities part of the weekend. Again, Casey.co is the place to go for more about that. Okay, so before we have our thought for the day, talking about powerful women, I just had to tell you that I just got off the phone a little while ago with the singer-songwriter Suzanne Vega. And you hear Suzanne Vega, and you right away start singing to yourself, my name is Luca, right? Such a fabulous song. She's an incredible songwriter who has done so much more than just Luca. And she's coming to the Hudson Valley soon. She's going to be at City Winery. It's Suzanne Vega, an afternoon of New York songs and stories at the Concerts in the Vineyard. That's City Winery here in the Hudson Valley. I just want to get you the address. 23 Factory Street, Montgomery, Suzanne Vega. And what I what blew me away talking to her about her songwriting, she says she usually starts with the idea that she wants to delight or comfort or provoke her listeners. She says what comes first is the desire 
to interact and affect other people's lives. And I thought, man, oh man, what a powerful thing. She started writing songs at 11. She wasn't really happy with her songwriting until about 14 or 15. She says her first song took three years to write, but she stayed with it because she had this desire to affect people through music. And I thought for a young child, what a powerful, powerful place to come from that early on she knew her voice and she knew she had something to say and she knew she could use it to affect other people. I just found that to be so unbelievably powerful. And that's how she's lived her life from 11 on is writing music to delight or comfort or provoke or celebrate or get some sort of response from the people in front of her. Is that landing? Do you get that? I found that to be so very powerful in a world where so many women don't value the power of their own voice. So that's the little story I came upon today. Talking to Suzanne Vega. Again, she's at City Winery, October 17th. That's a Sunday, and that's in Montgomery. So that's what I'm thinking about today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. And our thought for the day comes from Glinda the Good Witch in The Wizard of Oz, who said, you had the power all along, my dear. Shine On. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and 920, 1260 and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.